You're listening to a DM podcast. Welcome to Behind the Podcast with Jules and Stocks. I'm Jules, and today Stocks and I went behind the podcast with Nicola from the Bad Behaviour Podcast. But before we did that, we wanted to just quickly pick up on one of the things we were talking about in last week's episode. There's been quite a bit unfolding in the Rogan v. Young debate that's unfolding currently on Spotify. Yeah, right. So this is, what, Thursday, Arvo, 3rd of Feb. So if the world changes and we look like idiots, just uh, wanted to timestamp that. Totally. I think it's worthwhile because it is unfolding. You know, it's, it, there's heaps happening all the time around this. It's getting plenty of debate. Plenty of people are talking about this. It's been, there's been quite a severe reaction, and and certainly you know support on both sides of, of this debate. Neil Young, an old rocker, someone um, who you know owes his life to the power of vaccines. Yeah, he had polio, and look, it looked on the weekend like when Johnny Mitchell piled on Dolly Parton, it looked like these sort of boomers were going to take down Joe. Yeah, uh, it seems to have calmed down a little bit since then, but it just has raised some interesting things i guess look in my mind spotify is transitioning as soon as they got into podcasts they were transitioning from being a media platform uh you know like a streaming platform so like apple music and title and something like that when they moved to podcasts and started commissioning exclusives and buying gimlet and the ringer and people like that i mean that's transitioned to becoming a media publisher and i think they they gotta live in these two worlds and it feels like they're not living in the media publisher world um, they haven't accepted that they are creating content. There's an obligation that, for the content they produce to be fact-checked. It doesn't have to be censored, but there's a difference between censorship and fact-checking. And I think they are just learning quite quickly that they have different obligations now than they did before when they were just streaming other people's content. Definitely. So, and as is the way with a lot of tech platforms and, and big tech businesses, they can grow and scale quite fast without the proper practices being put in place and, and maybe thought and consideration being um, put in place on, on how they respond to things or how they react to things or more importantly, how they front foot things. So one of the things that they've introduced on their platform, similar to what Facebook and, and Instagram had to do as a reaction of being the place where a lot of people went to do their you know research about the pandemic, about vaccines, about efficacy, about all the top- topics and subjects around that, they added in a, a warning on the bottom of each of these posts saying that there's potential misinformation uh, on this post or on this article and if you wanted to go to a trusted resource, click here. Okay, now, so what's Spotify's version of that look like? So they're introducing something like that as well which comes up at the bottom of the podcast. It says this d- does uh, deal with topics around, you know, that could be perceived as misinformation. If you want the full picture, go off here and give you that. Yeah, that's it. Giving you that option to go to something that is a bit more of a, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say like kind of a valid source, but certainly something that has been a bit more fact-checked and maybe is supported by the medical community or something like that. Um, so but, they're definitely not going for the fact check direction. They're going, the, hey, this is no this is our control to Twitterverse, and then that's know, right. And I yeah. guess that's one of the realities you have to face. I mean, you said you know they are a media publisher, but they they are you know also a streaming service and, and yeah. an aggregator of all people's yes. different content. So the actual until they really start to you know do the machine learning and the AI that's going to listen to every podcast in a couple of seconds before it gets published and put up the necessary warnings. Things like this do have to be a bit more of a blanket solution and I think you know they are certainly taking a step in the right direction. 
Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, the hottest take I've seen was um, Sam Boyd on Twitter. So Sam Boyd's a writer and director of uh, Love Life, which is an HBO Max series. I think two seasons of that. So he's a very successful writer-director in, in Prestige TV. And his tweet was, why does Spotify have so much money to pay podcasters and so little money to pay musicians? And the response to that has just been an amen yeah, and yeah. I mean, and I guess that raises a bigger question. I I think it's always there had been people who had issues with Spotify's um, payment to musicians, and Absolutely. that kind of went away, and they became a real darling when they pushed big into podcasts and sort of started paying creators up front and making all these moves and really sort of revolutionising industry. And I'm just wondering. I mean, I don't think Spotify is in big trouble, but have we seen peak Spotify? Yeah, it's interesting, particularly that relationship between podcasts and music and, and why they do pay, you know, creators of a podcast such hefty sums. And, and it's not every podcast, admittedly. So, they are choosing who they're giving the big bucks to. But, you know, does that speak to the power of podcasting again when you say, all right, well, this person, they've got this incredible audience. They're trusted. People will listen to Joe Rogan for years. And, you know, on Spotify, if he gets kicked off that, they'll follow him and go wherever they go. That, that core audience is that big. So they're ensuring that they have this relationship with that audience for, you know, basically in perpetuity. As long as he's around to do them, they'll listen. And I think what's interesting, and, and, you know, to give Joe Rogan his credit, I don't listen to his podcasts really. Um, but from what I've heard or seen, and, and certainly some of the response to this, he does seem to try to promote open discussion more than anything else he's not on there sort of saying well this is the only thing that's true he's saying this is a point of view there's other points of view and he's happy to be proven wrong as well if someone comes in and, and gives him more evidence so that's i mean in you know in, in in as much as you can sort of go to bat for someone who's doing quite all right by himself yeah <laughs> just thought that's worth noting yeah i think he's just yeah he's a naturally curious mind uh, always has had a bent towards conspiracies. Yeah. Probably eaten his fair share of hallucinogens. But yeah, I mean, I don't think any of those are black marks against the guy at all. It's just fascinating watching it play out. I don't think worst case scenario for Joe's very bad. It's like if they were to take him off the platform, I think he'd probably, have, I think it's widely acknowledged that it's a fantastic deal for Spotify, what they've got right now. I dare say his income would go up. I dare say his reach would go up. And I dare say his audience would grow. And there'd probably be a massive bidding war for him as well. So, uh, interesting times. Without a doubt. And look, again, he, he has responded on, on all the subjects and he's not sort of digging his heels in or anything like that. He's remaining open. So, look, let's see how it unfolds. I think that, you know, as we talked about, Spotify are doing steps in the right direction, putting warnings up, doing that sort of stuff. I mean, it's very hard to police the whole thing, but at least they're encouraging the conversation and the discourse to continue. Yeah, but fascinating times with the biggest podcasting company in the world. Absolutely. Well, why don't we get back over then to the Bad Behaviour podcast? Certainly people who want to encourage conversation and really talk about... Taboo you know, subjects. Taboo subjects yeah. as well. So they recently took out the best interview at this year's Australian Podcast Awards as well as a litany of other awards from various different sources. What do you I, think, Stop? I love this podcast. One particular technique they're using in their interviews that um, I'm going to steal. And I think made that fairly clear in this uh, interview that yep. I'm going to steal. They're doing great stuff. They make fantastic content. I really love what these people are doing and very keen to keep following their journey. 
Yeah, agreed. I think on that, the thing that we will be stealing, I think it's just, it's a great little device. Um, I think you just, you know, you listen to enough podcasts, some things can start to sound the same. It's great listening to something where you do just go, oh, wow, that's a new little take and a new way of doing things. So it's awesome. It's all within this audio space. So you think it's going to be diminishing returns, but then you get some new cool stuff. Absolutely. I went through those top lists for 2021 podcast lists looking for things like this. Yeah then the first podcast we do this year has got something already so exciting great start to the year um feeling healthy let's go we're back we're in the studio but enough about us let's throw over to nicola tell us about the bad behavior podcast right great so hi my name is nicola um and i'm one of the co-hosts and producers of bad behavior um and bad behavior is a podcast uh for we say it's a podcast for a rebellious spirit so we have difficult and uncomfortable conversations that challenge identity and if it's an uncomfortable conversation we want to talk about it so that kind of takes the form of interviews so we we interview really incredible guests and then my co-host and I go away and we chat about what we've learned or unlearned and yeah just explore some really exciting things. And how about the guests? I mean, uh, we've listened to a few. You've got a bit of a wide range of people that you speak to. I think you said on the side as well, it's, it's all that, uh, all things taboo. I think it covers quite a ra- wide range of topics. How are you sourcing the people that you want to talk to and deciding who you want to talk to? Or are you having people, you know, clamber down and bang on your door now that you've released quite a few of these? Um, it's a bit of everything. So I, I, we mostly just do stuff very selfishly that we're really interested in so yeah most of the episodes just come out of a curiosity to learn more about something a lot of them come from I read a lot so we ask a lot of the authors of um, some of the books that I love on and yeah just really cool people doing really cool things so it's um yeah it's quite diverse based on what we want to talk about Mm, I was listening to an episode today, The Life After a Cult, Navigating Womanhood and mm. Sexuality, and you had an incredible guest on, was it Lilia? Lilia, yeah, she was yeah. so cool. We're very yeah. interested in anything to do with cults is so, I'm very interested in all of that. We're doing a episode on multi-level marketing schemes next season, which is going to be really cool, like a Great. deep dive into what they are and how they exist and all that type of stuff. So, yeah, any of those you know, weird and taboo conversations are right up our alley. I was just going to say, I was listening to that one as well this morning, um, but I'd, I'd actually just been listening to or, or watching one of the Louis Theroux uh, shows where he revisits mm. the, the uh, Westboro Baptist Church. It's so and cool, And listening yeah. to her talk, I was like, oh my God, this is exactly like this. And then someone made that, you know, that linkage as well and, and all about uh, Morgan Phelps Roper as well and, and just kind of, the ways in which people are able to get out of those kind of cult situations and even deal with people, you know, on either sides of, of you know, if you're in the cult or you're outside of the cult and you just don't understand what's going on. It seemed like, you know, particularly within in that Westboro one, you know, you see those interactions with the people on the street with the picket signs and people just come up and start yelling at them and, and they seem to feed off that and absorb all of that mm. negative energy and it just makes them even more, I don't know, steadfast in what they believe. Whereas the people who have defected, or, or certainly uh, Morgan, she's trying to approach it with kindness and, and just keep that conversation going because that's what people did to her. And I think like these podcasts that you're doing are similar in, in, in that they're talking about these taboo subjects 
and just getting them out there in the open and giving them space to breathe and understand, you know, what's going on from all sides. Oh, thank you. Well, that's literally exactly what we want to do. It's the whole idea is that if you have conversations about uncomfortable things with empathy and kindness and a lot of the time we'll have these really confronting conversations about sexuality or all these really intense stuff and you know Roz and I my co-host will be sitting there and we won't know what we're talking about like we won't have a clue and so it's about saying oh I know nothing about this at all I need to learn more so I think like the kindness is such a key part and so many of our guests talk about the things they love in such a kind way so it's it's quite beautiful to hear that Mm. Look, and the podcast is incredibly successful and award-winning. You won the Best Interview at the Australian Podcast Awards last year. Oh, good Stuff Awards from Frankie Magazine last year. And then the year before, you won the Best Arts and Culture Podcast. I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's really exciting. <laughs> How did you start? What was the inspiration? Rosalind and I have been friends for nearly 13 years now. We were um, childhood best friends and um, we, yeah, we've been like long distance friends for a lot of our relationship. I did my uni degree over in um, New York City and so I was living over there and she came to visit me and we were just talking and I think we you know I was studying women's studies at the time so I really wanted to have like more of those conversations around feminism and yeah the idea just kind of came from there and we do it with our friend um, who's our wonderful sound designer and editor Cheji so she lives in Tanzania at the moment but used to uh, live in Australia and yeah it was just born out of a friendship really. Is Rosalind doing the uh, the intro music as well? She's a singer too? Yeah, so she's a musician. She did um, what my favourite podcast at the time was, and I mean I still love My Favourite Murder and so their theme tune is like really kind of True Blood-esque and so I was like, go away, make something a bit like country sounding and she just went and recorded a little uh, theme tune for us, which is so cool. <laughs> it's so cool, and it's what a great um, advantage to have that in your locker. Yeah, no, oh, she'll be so psyched that you <laughs> mentioned that. No one <laughs> mentions our theme tune, so I'll pass that on to her. She'll love that. <laughs> I think we might have to sing one of our own stocks, and I think it might be you doing the singing. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> and were there any other podcasts that influenced you when you were starting out? I mean, I, I love a lot of podcasts. And I think at the time I was very, when I first started listening to podcasts, it was definitely a lot of um, true crime, classic, um, <laughs> you know, young white girl listening to true crime. Like, I think honestly, it was, it kind of came down to, we saw a gap in podcasting as well. Like there were these types of conversations weren't happening and both of us are queer and we really like love elevating queer voices and I think we just thought if when we were younger or even now like we just wanted to hear more honest conversations. It's amazing because I I think certainly those conversations weren't happening before and it's only in recent time that they've had the platform really that people can get out and start having them and not be censored or not have anyone come in and give notes and it can really just be unfiltered. 
Um, and you were talking as well in, in one of them about sex education and things like that and what people received. And it's funny because there is so much evolving conversation going on now. You think back to, well, certainly when I was at school and yeah, as you guys pointed out, the sex education then was just kind of one lesson run by some random person who was way out of their depth. And that was the box tick. It was a box tick, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. people were educated about sex. But it was, you know, the very broad... Yeah, well, not broad, like the mechanics around male and female intercourse. It doesn't. There was no spectrum. There was nothing else. It was just like, okay, we've we've covered that now. Everyone can run off, and we never have to deal with this awkward situation again. Yeah, well, it's not an awkward situation. It's something that's very common for everyone, and you know, we're all here because of it. So why don't we just have conversations about how we all enjoy it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's exactly it. And I think whenever we talk about sex, we always come back to that thing of. Yeah, all of us, it, it was just so unusual to talk about it, honestly, even to have like queer sex be a part of it, that's or gender, like you just, boys and girls were separated, you don't have open and honest conversations about pleasure and what you like, particularly for women, so our, the we really love making like all the sex education episodes because they, yeah, they're always really interesting for us. One thing we love about your production and I think it's something we're going to steal um, <laughs> is the, the fact that you sidebar on your interviews. So you're in an interview and then you pull out of it and then have a chat together. So it's yourself and Rosalind go and sidebar and step out of the interview and actually have a discussion and it can go for minutes about mm. it. I mean, that's such a fantastic technique. Where did you come up with that? Oh, thank you. Um, so that kind of we had. So when we first started it, as with most projects, like we just kind of jumped off and we took our first season offline because it was it was very uh, difficult to listen to. Like it was just it started out as the two of us. We would come and record and eat, and we'd choose like a topic, like explorers, and Roz would tell me a story of a really cool female explorer and then I'd tell her a story and it um it just like didn't really like this the narrative wasn't really there when we were doing it with that structure so we had the opportunity through a really cool um program called ladies who listen which is like a mentorship podcasting program and we were paired with this incredible uh, mentor Masako and she kind of guided this new structure of the podcast for us so we were like let's just start interviewing people like let's see if people will want to come on the show and so we did these we started interviewing people and then I think yeah part of the idea behind bad behavior is that it's not just an interview you want to walk away and be able to take something with you so you either unlearn or you learn and and through that discussion with Roz and I we can um almost like give an insight for listeners into how to do it in their own lives like by putting ourselves out there we're hoping that other people will have those uncomfortable conversations as well so that's the idea behind the we call them our inserts so we'll do one or two each episode and it's just to give context or to get a bit deeper into what we've learned it just gives it the, the the sort of ideas a bit of space to breathe as well and and because i think you know when you do have these long conversations sometimes you can tune out 
Um, mm. When you, I don't know, like I'm sure everyone's listened to a long podcast where the people just talk for three hours and you're like, hang on, what were they just saying? But when you guys stop and there's a little bit of a break between, you know, when you get the insert as well, when that starts. So you do then reset and then you start to hear about, you know, as you said, that kind of contextualization of, of you know, how it relates to your subject and, and, and yourselves. Yeah, and I think we, as I mentioned with um, Chedji, she does really brilliant sound design and she's an excellent editor. So she, the inserts and and the interview and how they entwine together, it kind of gives you, like it's a really nice pace to listen to something that could be very in your face or like quite intense. Um, So I think it just, yeah, it like helps the storytelling a bit and exactly what you said, it gives you kind of a a moment to breathe. Mm, It's a lovely way to insert yourselves in as well and and the personal side as you alluded to without overwhelming the interviewer, the Mm. guest, and you're not taking the attention off them, I imagine, when you're interviewing because you don't go, I don't have to jump in and tell my anecdote about this because I'll insert that later. So it's really lovely. You always walk out of the interviews and you're like, oh, shit, I wish I'd asked that or I'd thought of that on the spot. And it just gives you a bit of time to kind of come back and make sure you've kind of covered it off. Yeah, no, it's such a – like interviewing is so – that's something we've learned so much about. And I think, yeah, we – was so uncomfortable with interviewing people at the beginning. And I mean, I still am sometimes. Like it's hard to find that balance of like what you said, inserting yourself in and making sure you're hitting the right things. And then you listen to something back and you're like, oh, it just sounds completely different than what I wanted it to sound like. So the inserts do, like it lets you take control over the interviews a bit more in my head as well like we will go away we'll listen to the interviews and then we decide what we're going to talk about based on what that person's kind of indicated as their like passion area or what we've kind of uncovered so we never really know what it's going to sound like until we get it out into the world that's a great way to approach it had you or Roz done any interviews before or is this kind of first time for both of you really moving into this space yeah, it was the first, all of this was the first time. So we just kind of learned everything on the fly. Um, and yeah, as I said, it was really cringy and bad at the beginning. But um, Can relate. Yeah. Yeah, we all just grew and learned how to, um, and we take a lot of pride in it now. Like we love doing it. We all have, we're a little team and Roz will do a lot of the outreach and the guest stuff and she um, has designed our whole website. She's done the theme tune, um, a lot of our press release stuff and I'll do, you know, some more of like meetings with different people and stuff. And so just in terms of like business sense and like, you know, moving into podcasting as like hopefully a business as well for us, it's been such a cool learning curve. Just before we jump onto the, I guess, your ambitions and future, are there any other lessons you've learned in terms of interviewing techniques that you'd like to share? I think just being led by the person is probably the thing that I do the most. Like I, I really love the research stage, so I make sure that I'm quite prepped before I go into any context with anyone. Um, And, you know, we always ask our guests if they want the interview questions before, like making sure that they're as comfortable as possible. We let them know that, you know, if there's anything they want to cut out or if they're not okay to talk about something, we can just skip it Um, because obviously their safety and comfort is the main priority. Um, 
But I think, yeah, just being ready to adapt is what I've learned. So if something's not working, just kind of going with the flow and then being well prepared, I would say, is another thing. I just, I love doing research. Like you just really deep dive into these things that I know nothing about. So it's really cool. I think it's great when you hear someone who's, who's done a lot of research and then you can just tell that they're brimming to kind of share what they've learned and everything. It certainly comes through in the work that you guys do. Oh, thank you. And so season three, ready to yeah, go? Yeah, season three. Could you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, absolutely. So um, another really incredible season. We have a lot of really interesting conversations that we've um, recorded with people. We're talking about multi-level marketing schemes, as I mentioned. We've got an episode on um, coming out later in life, you know, um, people who uh, maybe come to terms with their sexuality when they're a bit older, uh, a lot of topic. Uh, conversations around sex so it's gonna I think um, we're doing something a bit different this season where we're recording and prepping before we release them all so taking a bit more time with the interviews and the editing and everything and I think it'll be really great we've got a cool sponsor for the next season so that's really exciting and we're hoping to move into some workshops as well so offering some cool workshops for people online about radical empathy and how to podcast and everything awesome that, that sounds really interesting i think the every podcaster's dream of having the sponsor lined up that's great stuff how did you get that relationship going we were really lucky with a sponsor for the last season was moddy body and i think we and it was really wonderful to work with them uh we basically i think once we did finish our first season we really had the epiphany of we need like an influx of of like sustainable income to keep this going um you know Ros and I both have full-time jobs outside of the podcast so it's very much like after work on the weekends like when we get the time and you know we'd kind of had all these wonderful uh recognition and everything for it so we thought you know this we can take this seriously now and so we just approached some brands that were very aligned to us and kind of gave them our pitch and yeah they were uh our next season sponsor was um yeah we're really excited to work with them and it's another aligned brand which is really cool so just cold outreach that's how we get most of our stuff is by sending an email (laughs) honestly and being like hey we we love you guys can we chat about collaborating just some good solid graft out there Exactly. You gotta you just gotta try and see if it works. And if it doesn't, that's been our motto for the whole podcast is like we're gonna make mistakes. We're not gonna do things properly because we really a lot of things we don't know what we're doing. So we'll just try and then if it doesn't work, you know, no one will know. We'll just switch lanes and do something different. (laughs) (laughs) I think uh Obviously, one of the great things about podcasting is, you know, your audience might not be huge or maybe it is, um, but it's very specific people who listen to certain things. So, you know, it is good for advertisers and and things like that if you are able to say, well, we've got this very passionate bunch of people here and and we think they would be a good lock. Can you tell us a bit about your audience and, and kind of the response that you've had with them and the interaction that you have with them? We have a really lovely audience, which has been so beautiful to see that community grow and 
yeah, I think it's one of my favourite parts of the podcast is when you get those messages from people um, saying that it like a conversation has changed the way they think about something. I think that's just so beautiful and powerful. So um, I would say from what we know about our audience, it's very um, like female non-binary dominated. We have a lot of really uh, incredible queer people that listen to our podcast Um yeah, it's and and we've kind of built that community over on our social media as well. So we um, have a lot of people who chat to each other there, and yeah, it's, it's. I feel like it's quite an entwined community. Like everyone talks to each other, and it's like, you know, they're listening to the episodes and they're kind of taking it in, and they want to have those conversations, which is so cool to see. Absolutely. I think, yeah, just that sort of safe space and you can have those conversations around something that you're all listening to on a very kind of, well, not specific subject, but, you know, a range of of taboo subjects that hopefully are becoming increasingly less taboo. Yeah, yeah. I think like in our time doing it, it, we've certainly noticed people be like, even I, our mums listen to it. So, and that's probably really horrible for my mother to have to listen to some of the stuff that I say on the podcast. Um, But she, you know, she told me a story the other day about how one of, she got one of her colleagues at work to listen to it. And then they came up to her and they said, oh, you know, this pronouns thing could you just could you ask Nicola to explain that to me a bit so it's like you know it's just I think it's it's such a cool thing when like people that you don't expect to want to talk about that stuff start to talk about it and um yeah it's it's lovely just rippling out through the world yeah exactly yeah yeah. you gotta you know we always say our mums are like our biggest fans so (laughs) they're spreading the word (laughs) isn't that wonderful yeah Yeah. i think that sort of intergenerational thing can sometimes go a bit haywire i think particularly with with um you know people of our parents generation you know they might have been around in well i'm not sure about everyone's situation but like the 60s or something like that and it, it was quite a revolutionary time and then you get to a phase where, you know, there's sort of new revolutions happening and, and people can either get sort of get on board and, and try and understand it or they might sort of say, well, that just seems a little bit silly or something like that, you know, that's what the kids are doing now and all that sort of stuff. But it's very hard to deny when people are just having nice, long, open conversations, kind conversations. Yeah. It, it takes away those barriers just so much more and people can engage with it. And to have the space to mess up too or like be mm-hmm. embarrassed about talking about something like, you know, the conversations that I have on the podcast, I would never have those conversations with my mother. Like I would not dream of it and I can't even properly conceptualize that she does listen to it like I just forget that she's an audience member because it it creeps me out too much um but you know it's it yeah I think it when you create that really like safe environment people feel okay to mess up because you're gonna mess up when you talk about something new it's just gonna happen totally it's how we evolve yeah exactly I do live in fear though of freezing my values and, and I guess worldview just freezing one day and not even realising. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that will not happen. I think the message is as long as we all keep listening. Keep listening to podcasts, <laughs> we'll be fine. Okay. Yeah, no, there's too many good podcasts out there for that to happen. Yeah. So, <laughs> Well, you've set us up perfectly for the next question. We do like to find out some of the podcasts that our guests listen to and what inspires them. Do you want to rattle off a few that you're into? Yeah, let me um, 
get my podcast app up. Out of interest, what's your podcast app? I'm in the market for a new one. So. so I use Apple Podcasts. I don't know if that's controversial or not. Is that? Not at all. Not yeah. At all. Yeah. I was having this conversation with Rosalind the other day because we were talking about why we don't use Spotify because Spotify will keep popping. Like when I log in, they'll ask me a question about what podcasts I'm listening to and stuff. And we were both saying, I don't know why we don't use Spotify for But yeah, I've just gotten used to Apple Podcasts. I just like yeah. how it's laid out. <laughs> yeah, look, I think those two are by far and, yeah. are far and away the biggest market share. So, Okay, let me see. So I really love, so one of my good friends in the US hosts a podcast called Unshaming, which I'll give a little shout out to um, Jordan. He hosts a really wonderful podcast and that's all about um, very similar conversations, but about how we all carry a lot of shame and um, each episode is unshaming a different thing. So they have these really lovely conversations. So I love that one. Um, what else do I love? I love How to Fail. Have you ever listened to that one before? That's no, interviews no. with, um, you know, prominent people about when they made mistakes and how they failed, which is really lovely. So they just kind of speak candidly about, you know, some of their biggest failures and why they happened. And yeah, it's, it's really lovely. I love poetry a lot. So I listen to one called Poetry Unbound, which is like they read a poem and then dissect it, which is really Ooh, sweet. That's interesting. Yeah, we yeah. like that space, but I haven't heard of that podcast. I feel well, like what country is that from? Uh, I think, so the host is Irish or something. I feel like these are quite manic recommendations. I'm so sorry. They're like no, 10 no, different genres at once. Um, you said nothing that I've heard before, so this is fantastic. Yeah, I, that's the cool thing about podcasts. You ask everyone for their favourite. It's always going to be different. I also really love Maintenance Phase. I'll give that a big shout-out. That's one that... Um, is a podcast about the wellness industry and it kind of helps you unlearn diet culture and fat phobia and all those really big things. So I'd really recommend that one. Awesome. We can get you one back. Lit Poetry is one that we spoke to a little while back. So it's an Aussie one if you're into poetry. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, similar concept, but it'd be interesting to see if it's a different execution. Yeah. And he doesn't have a beautiful Irish accent. No, I know. It really <laughs> helps with poetry. Some type it? of accent. It's, it's some like very brooding, like makes you think of winter in a cottage type of accent. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm into it. That's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> um, and then finally, we like just to get any advice you'd like to give for you know, up and coming podcasters out there or just anyone who you feel like could use a bit of advice. If you're thinking about doing it, you should just do it. Um, And don't worry if it's going to be really terrible at first, you should just jump off and do it. And um, my advice as well would be, I think a really important thing is diversifying the podcasts that we're listening to, you know, make sure you're listening to content from diverse creators, um, from Indigenous creators, from queer creators. So make sure you're listening to like a broad scope of podcasts and and use that as inspiration because I think that's a really important thing that all of us can do to to make sure we're creating our best work is by listening to a lot of really cool diverse people 
for sure. And it's never been easy to do to get that diverse point of view across. And, and certainly if you're out there and you're wanting to interview others, I would say reach out to other creators as well and yeah, you know, collaborate. I, like the Australian podcasting industry is, is like emerging and quite like small when you start to get to know everyone but everyone's really lovely and I think there's like that sense of community too so yeah the reaching out and just chatting to people is a lovely way to start yeah there is a real community out there love it well thank you very much Nicola for taking the time to chat with us today we've really appreciated and we really enjoyed the podcast thank you so much thanks for having me